What's up, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Alright, guys, welcome back to another episode of On the Volley with my good buddy, Matt Huber. What's up, buddy? Another week down. Yeah. Week three three starts tomorrow. Can you believe it? Really early, too, I believe. It's like 11.50 Central Time. Yeah, you'll be you'll be waking up and the game will start. I I get to have uh, lunch. I think I think it's like yeah noon. yeah. That's actually I I think that's gonna be a good game too. But before we get to that, we have to review the games from last week. So yeah, let's go let's go over that and be, then we can talk about the games from this week. Okay, sounds good. So so. I'll let you go down the list because, like, I don't want to read the broadcast here by pushing a button. So, okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll start with on Friday, uh, Rochester versus Utica. Yeah, um, we discussed this a little bit in our bonus episode, I believe, but it it wasn't a surprise, but it was. The way that it was, I believe it finished. What was it? Twelve to. Uh, what it was, was no, it was nine, nine to one. Yeah, nine to one. That's it. Yes, thank you. And you know, here's the thing. I, there's always, there's always problems with when an expansion team, team comes to the league, and I, I think that's what we're, we're seeing with Rochester. The first couple games, I mean, they gave them nine goals the first game. And in that particular game, I believe the first two goals were inside the first three to five minutes, if I remember correctly. You would be absolutely correct. Uh, The first two goals were scored 40 seconds apart within the first three minutes. Right. Uh, And... And I believe five of those goals were scored out, yes? Um, I have to think. I want to say it was like four to one or five to one at the half. Yeah, I believe it was five to one going into half time. And we discussed this too. That were given up for off of cheap rebounds. And that's just a case of Rochester not being able to clear their lines. And listen, I'm not saying that Utica should not have scored. I'm just saying, hey, if you're defensively not able to clear your lines, you're going to give up goals. And that's exactly what happened. Oh, absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, I think, yeah, most of the goals in the first half were scored off of rebounds. Um, the second yeah. half was a completely different story. I mean, Moises Gonzalez yeah. came out and just started firing in the third quarter. Yeah, he, he did. And I'll be honest with you, I, I wasn't surprised by this scoreline. You know, I, I looked at this and I thought to myself, you know, Utica's obviously the better team. We knew that going in. And I, I felt that 
you know, I felt bad for Rochester a little bit because, you know, they didn't get a chance to play those preseason games the way they wanted to. And I'm not saying that would have made a difference because I don't think it would have, but it might have made the scoreline a little bit more respectable, in my opinion. Um, you know, obviously you don't want to lose at home nine to one. Nobody ever does. But it happened that they had a chance to rebound the next day and We'll get into that in a little bit, but we both know the outcome of that. It was almost worse than the previous night. So, yeah, uh, but I mean, you gotta you gotta tip your cap to to Soccer Sam for making it um, yeah. an experience because I was I was at the game and it right. was it was packed. I mean, for. Yeah. The, the Lancers to pull in over 3,100 people for for yeah. a team that really isn't like the best team in the MASL. That just shows you what he's producing as oh, yeah. like in, in regards to promotion and stuff like that. It was a great experience, a great time, and um, yeah, I mean, a great, a great victory by Utica. And, um, you know, you and I spoke about this too. You know, you couldn't ask for a better guy to coach this Lancers team. You know, for what he is able to, what he's been able to accomplish with the Lancers, even in M2, is pretty remarkable, to be honest. Yeah, so, I don't, I don't see, I don't see Rochester going forward being like um, giving up. 12 goals a game and losing by no, eight or no. nine goals. I mean, you'll you'll see it tighten up, but at the same time, this is going to be a growing pains uniform. Well, right, and I I think I think you and I discussed this in the bonus episode. It almost has the feel of St. Louis a few years ago, where you know they barely won any games. I don't think. Listen, I, I, I agree with you, right? I don't think these games are going to be blowouts by any means. But I don't think they're going to win very many games. Right. I, I just don't. I see Rochester maybe winning three to five games if they're able to pull things together. Right. I agree. That's where I have them finishing. I, I don't think they'll make... Enough adjustments, and I don't think there's enough talent on that team to really make a push towards the top of that conference. I just don't. There, there's, there's too much quality up and down that conference to really put Rochester anywhere close to competing. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. So I mean. You could kind of you could kind of compare this to last year's Mississauga team. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of inexperience, and they won maybe I don't I don't remember how many games they won, but I, I mean you could kind uh, of compare it to won, that. If I remember, Mississauga won maybe three, five, three or games, yeah, something, something somewhere in that range. Yeah, and you know here's the thing. And 
this is just my opinion, but you know, Soccer Sam is one of those guys that he's gonna put the pieces together. You know, it's gonna take a while to do, but he's going to put the pieces together, and I think in the next couple of years, you'll see Rochester put their name back on the map, but it's just like you said, it's a matter of growing pains at this point. Yep. Alright, so moving on to the next one. Okay. Um, we'll go to we'll go to St. Louis. Um, ambush versus the Wade. No. Well, you know, here's the thing. Obviously, I have a lot to say about this one. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah. Um, me being the Eastern Conference guy over here. Um, you know, <laughs> sorry, I had to do it. But, uh, you know, here's the thing. And I'll be completely honest with you. First half, St. Louis was the better team. St. Louis was by far the better team. They went into halftime, I believe. They shut out the wave the first half. I believe the score going into halftime was one to zero. That's that's what I remembered when I was driving home from Rochester. I listened to some of the game and it was one nothing. Yeah, and you know I'll credit to St. Louis because you know anytime you can shut out a high-powered offense like the Wave, you're doing something right, and so. You know, I looked at it as, hey, you know, the Wave, the big Achilles heel for the Wave the first half was they were not able to handle the amount of pressure that they were being put under by the ambush. And so that first half, you really saw them struggle to get any rhythm down because they just could not handle the press. And so, you know, that first half, they really got outplayed by the ambush. Second half was a completely different story. I mean, the Wave went on a 6-0 run to end the game. So, you know, it was just, well, no, I take that back. We won 7-2, so they went on a... Well, they scored. They scored six out of the last seven goals. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And so I was. I did watch. I did watch a little bit of it uh, last night. And I mean, the key. The key for me for this game was Milwaukee scored three power play goals in a row. Yeah. So St. Louis must have unraveled in the middle of that fourth quarter because I mean, you take those three goals away. And you're oh, looking yeah. at a four to two. You're looking at a four to two score. Yep. But and I mean that that power play unit has been on a yearly basis one of the best power plays in the yeah. league. And, and I mean, you know, it's interesting because you know we we go back a couple of years back to when Art Kramer was the the uh, coach of the wave, and he was kind of the power play guru, and now you got Marcelo Fontana in there with Giuliano, and they, they've done a really, really good job the last few years. And, you know, on the other side, you look at St. Louis, and 
you know, if you're not able to kill penalties, you're not going to do well. Just like if you're not able to score on the power play, you're not going to do well. And St. Louis wasn't able to do, to do either of those things. So, you know, I'm not... I'm surprised at the fact that they fell apart so dramatically in that second half. But like you said, it's a matter of you take away those three power play goals, it's a completely different scoreline. And I mean, the other thing too is, let's not forget that Rafa stood on his head that game. He really did. He played very well for Milwaukee. Yeah. I mean, you could you could kind of compare this to the first meeting between Baltimore and Utica. Utica was out front. Yep. And then in, I want to say it was the third quarter, Utica gave up a couple of goofy penalties and yep. Baltimore capitalized. It's a complete game changer. It's, it's all the momentum switched to Baltimore. It's all about special teams in this game. I don't care how good of a team you are, how bad of a team you are, if you're not able to capitalize on those chances or you're not able to kill off those power plays, you're not going to be successful. Right. And so I'm, I'm not at all surprised that after they gave up those three goals that it all fell apart for St. Louis. And... You know, you look at Ian Bennett, he had two goals. One of them was absolutely a contender for goal of the season already. And that was, we're talking about the first game. And he also added an assist. And you put Ferdinand, who puts points on the board in the first game. So I think that's going to be the Achilles heel for Milwaukee going forward is can you keep on relying on Max and Ian game after game and I think the answer is going to be yes I really do I I don't think there's a better tandem in the league I I, I really don't so yeah so Wave gets their first win of the season 7-2 Ambridge falls out 0-1 well, let's not forget, they have another game to play the next day. Yeah, and that's the next game we're going to talk about. So St. Louis, after that game against Milwaukee, has the uh, dubious honor of traveling to Kansas City to face a Comets team, which lost the previous week to yep. Turlock. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. So, in this game, I mean, you and I kind of saw that St. Louis was going to be tired yep. from the night before and plus traveling. Yep. And Kansas City exposed them in the first half. Oh, I mean, absolutely. They jumped out to a to a 5-1 lead. And as I was saying in the, in the bonus episode, I was talking to some of the people from the Keeper's Corners podcast. And they were talking about how it's a blowout, five to one. And I said, guys, it's St. Louis. Yeah, they'll they find a way. They'll find a way to come back. And they, and did. they did. And, and they, they did. did. And you you have to give you have to give all the credit in the world to Leo Gibson. I mean, it's oh, his absolutely. first year, and he's he's gotta like motivate these guys. And there's a lot of new guys on the team. 
he has to motivate them and say, listen, we're only up by like one or two goals. We have to tighten up as a team yep. and get this win. And and that's what he did. Hats off to him on getting his first victory. And you know, here's the thing. I I said to him in the bonus episode, I said, hey, you know, this, this Kansas City team going from the game in Trillock to the game in Kansas City, it was like night and day. It really was. And, and the way that they were able to move the ball and the way they were able to really connect passes and really finish their chances, that was the difference between week one and week two for me for the comics. And let's not also forget the play of the goalkeeper Hammerski. Yeah, I mean I mean both both keepers played pretty well. I mean, oh yeah. I, I mean that Paulo scored um, for St. Louis. Paulo hit a rocket man. That was an absolute missile. It really was. You, you take away, I mean, Saint take away, they got back in the game, they made it into a game, yeah. and, and then Kansas City has to take away the fact that um, they, they, stood, able, they, they stood tall and... Yeah, they, they stood tall and they and they finished it and, and well, got the win. And I mean, here's the other thing, too. The way I looked at, at this for St. Louis is you take away the excellent play of Paulo, and this game isn't even close. This game isn't even close if Paulo doesn't play well. Not even remotely close. So you got to give credit to him. And But yes, you are right. I mean, listen, you know, St. Louis could have easily made this a game with Milwaukee the first game, right? But they got outplayed the second half. And the second game was kind of a little different because, okay, now you get outplayed the first half, but then the second half you start playing really well. But I think it was a case of, all right, maybe a little too late to make a full comeback. And I think that's what it was. They just didn't have enough firepower to score as much as they needed to to win the game towards the end there. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I, you know, I think St. Louis, they're going to put the pieces together. And I said to you with Kansas City, I think that's very well the fourth playoff spot. I said that to you in the bonus episode. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, it would not surprise me, but I mean, I'm still going to stick with Florida um, with that fourth spot. But right, I mean, right. I, I think, I think the St. Louis Kansas City rivalry is is going to heat up a little bit more this season, and I, oh, I expect I expect close games throughout the year. I well, I believe they play each other five times this season, if not more than that. It might even be six. Well, if that's the case, then there that it's going to be one. There, there's going to be some great games there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, 
We talked about Rochester already once, but now we've got to talk about him again. Uh, yes. So the next night after getting beat nine to one, um, they faced a Harrisburg team who hadn't played yet this year. Right. And um, they got beat pretty bad, twelve to three. Well, and here's the thing: we we discussed this. Again, a little bit on the bonus episode. So, you're combining two games. You gave up 21 goals. Okay, that's not a good start. But, the thing that bothered me with Rochester going into this second game wasn't even the fact that they gave up 12 goals. It was the fact that you're making the same exact mistakes that you were making the first game. The same stuff that we saw against Utica, we saw against Harrisburg. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of weird. I, as you know, I predicted an upset here. <laughs> and yeah. I, I thought going into the second game, they would have, like, started figuring it out a little more. And right. I, I thought with, with the home field, it would have made a difference. And I, it was one-to-one at one point. I'm like, all right, this is good. This is this is good. I, I think if they stay in it, right. they'll, they'll have a chance. But, yeah, it was a lot of, like, issues in the box. Yeah, that they couldn't they couldn't defend people in the box, or they were getting rebounds. And I mean, give credit to Harrisburg; they they were there the night before watching yep. the Utica Rochester game, so they right. saw what they were they had to do, right? And they exploited I mean, the weakness. But I will tell you right now, I did not expect Rochester to give up 12 goals to Harrisburg. I absolutely did not expect that. I I was pretty shocked at that scoreline, to be honest. Well, I, here's the thing. Um, both nights, it could have been a lot worse. Oh, have to give some I credit mean... to Christian Esposito, the keeper of Rochester. Because... For the most part, he played great. He made some amazing saves against Utica. Oh no! Yeah. And then he came in, and then he came in for an injured, uh, what's his name, Zabaglia, um, like yeah. three minutes in, and and just. Well, yeah, I I agree with that. I think you look at both games, and they could have easily given up. Well, especially against Harrisburg, they could have given up. Easily, probably fifteen to twenty goals. Yep. So, it, it's yeah, you're right. Credit to uh, the goalkeeper for sure. I mean, because it could have been a lot worse. And again, I think these are things that you're going to see Rochester clean up as the year goes on. But I don't think it's going to translate into wins. And you know. Give credit to Harrisburg because I think as much as we didn't expect uh, Rochester to give up that many goals, it's a, it's that's a big win for Harrisburg to start the season. Oh, absolutely! I mean, I I think Harrisburg played their butts off. 
Yeah. Uh, the real test, I mean, we're going to get into this a little later, but the real test is coming up on Sunday. Yeah, that, that's going to be a monumental game for them. That That's going to be a huge game for them. All right. See, I don't. I don't see much coming out of it for Harrisburg, but we'll see. Um. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Nobody expected to see Turlock be two and zero, oh, but yet here we are. So yeah, true. But we'll, I'll, I'll give you more reasoning in my picks. Later. That works for me. Right. So let's talk about the rivalry that's happening now in Texas. We've got Mesquite and Dallas. Um, Mesquite coming out on top, 7-5. to five. You know what? Here's the thing. First of all, that was a really good game, and all credit goes to Tattoo and the rest of that organization for getting their first win in franchise history. That was a really good game, and you know, I thought I thought Mesquite looked really good at times, and I thought Dallas looked really good at times. So it was one of those games that it was really a seesaw battle, and, and you know, Mesquite comes out on top, but there were a lot of things that could have gone. Either way for either one of these teams. So, yeah, the 5 scoreline doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, well, I think the, the big thing I took from that game is that Mesquite scored four unanswered goals in about a seven-minute span. It was yeah, between yeah. the second quarter and the third quarter. And and I think, and you're right, it was, it was a back-and-forth battle. But I think the the end of the second quarter, beginning of the third quarter, is where yeah. he kind of pulled away a little bit, and Dallas didn't really have much to, to, to answer. Bit seven to five. I really hope they fix the the audio issues there because the camera cuts every time there was a camera cut, the audio glitched, and that was just. I almost had to watch the game on mute for a while there because it was just not yeah. pleasant to watch. But I think, again, these are all growing pains of a team that are, is just coming in and they're going to crack things on the broadcast side. And, you know, if, if you look at the, the off-the-wall page, somebody commented about that and said, Hey, the wireless microphone that we were supposed to use didn't work, so the audio didn't come back until midway through the second quarter. It was actually it was the and this and this is I, I commend him. Matt Thornton is the the play by play guy. From what I've heard, for both Dallas and Mesquite, yeah, and he, he came is. on the MASL off the wall page and basically said. I apologize for what happened tonight with the audience. Right. And here's what happened. And we're going right. to work on it. Like, that right. that's awesome. Like, taking responsibility and, and just saying, listen, it's our first game. Yeah. We're working out the kinks. Be patient. We messed up, but we're going to fix it. Yeah. 
I mean, all in all, I, the, the crowd there was great from what I from what oh, I yeah. saw. Yeah, um, yeah, so I mean, that's a good that's a good first game for Mesquite. And you know, you and I discussed this too. Mesquite could easily be one of those teams that we're talking about later on in the year. So, absolutely, I I'm not. I'm not at all surprised by this result. I think you and I both picked this result going into the picks. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah, we we saw, I mean, they Mesquite took a lot of the firepower from Dallas and, and picked up a few guys. They picked up uh, Mitchell Cardenas from Rio Grande Valley. Great defender. Yep. He ended up yep. scoring a goal. Um, and yeah, I I think like Kansas City and St. Louis, I think this is an in-state rivalry that's gonna oh, produce a, a lot of really really close games, a lot of good games. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Um, so let's see what was next. Oh yeah, um, Turlock and San Diego, or not Turlock and San Diego, Tacoma, Tacoma and San Diego, Tacoma and San Diego, no. and. This one ended up being seven to three, uh, San Diego uh, pulling out the victory in Tacoma. Um, I was really happy about this only because I wanted to see Slon get on the scoreboard, and he did more than once. And so um, that that was huge for San Diego, and that was huge for Slon individually as well, and. Here's the thing, I I just I'm not convinced about Tacoma's ability to stay with San Diego, and that was something that I felt that way going into this season. I felt that way last season. I just don't think they have the firepower to stay with. San Diego, I think it's always been a problem for them, and you know, they just look so disorganized when they play San Diego for some reason, and I don't know if it's because it's just that intimidation factor, or if it's just, I don't know what it is, but it's just, they can't seem to get it together against San Diego. Well, I think, in in this game, what I got out of it is and, and we mentioned this before. San Diego scored two power play goals. Yeah. Like they took advantage of mistakes Tacoma made, and yeah. and scored and scored on uh, two power plays. So you take those away, and it's a it's a five three game. Yeah. I mean, so I I think I think San Diego did really well, and yeah, Slavisa. Um, Ubi Parapovich did score a couple goals, and and that's awesome. I'm proud of him. I mean, that, that that's great. And Craig Childs, I think Craig Childs, like the, the success of San Diego is going to rely on Craig Childs. I think I... if you look back at the Turlock game, he didn't really warm up until like the fourth quarter. Right. And, and that's and the commentators even said it. They're like, "Well, where's Craig Childs? He, he hasn't really done much today." Right. And, and I think, I think he might have had a couple goals or maybe a goal and two assists or something like that. But right. he ended up making contributions out on the field in this game, and yeah. and that made a big difference. I mean, Slav scoring the couple goals made a difference. Like, I I think 
you're going to see more of that as the year progresses. And as for Tacoma, I I want to see them succeed. I, I I really like Nick Pereira. I like Danny Waltman. I like I like what they're doing out there in Tacoma. It, but yeah. I don't know. I I might have to change my fourth. Uh, you know, here's the thing. I I like Nick Ferreira. I love Danny Waltman. Two world class people. Two world class players. But I struggle to get on board with Tacoma just because to me one day you'll see Tacoma play really well and the next day you'll see them lay an egg. So I it's really difficult for me to say, yeah, I'm going to get on board with this Tacoma Stars team because I I, I just don't see I I just don't see them producing the way that they're going to need to because let's be honest, that Western Conference is going to be really competitive just like the conferences and I don't think Tacoma has what it takes to make the playoffs after watching them against San Diego. Now it is San Diego so maybe it's a little unfair to judge them based on how they play against San Diego but again this wasn't just because of San Diego it's because of what I saw last season as well that makes me feel that way. Right. I, I I see Tacoma growing as a team and I mean I I don't expect them to to take this season lightly and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave them as my fourth seed uh, for now. This week they've they've got a big game and we're gonna get into that in a little bit. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, hats off to San Diego for yeah. for turning it around and, and, and I mean I can't you know we talked about how important it was for Kansas City to turn around their fortunes after losing to Trilogue it was just as important for San Diego to do the same because they lost to Trilogue and you know you can talk about oh Trilogue is good and I agree, Trillac is a great team, but, you know, for San Diego, assuming that, you know, let's say they just lose that game, right? Then they go to 0-2. You're looking at a team that's going to have to really turn things around to make a push for that top spot in the Western Conference. So that win was really big for them. Do you okay? So let me let me ask you this then: What, who benefited the most from their win, San Diego or Kansas City? Kansas City for sure, because okay. I think I think San Diego. Here's the thing: you know, Phil Phil knows how to rally the troops, so to speak, right? So he he knew going into that game against. Dallas, how, excuse me, not Dallas, Tacoma, how they were going to play that team because, you know, they've been there before. They played Tacoma. They know how Tacoma plays. 
And so, you know, for them to get that win, it wasn't surprising for me, but Leo needed to get that win to not only boost his own confidence, but to boost the team confidence. That, that to me, it, it was more important because, you know, okay, hypothetically, they fall to 0 and 2. It's really hard for me to imagine a team like Kansas City to be able to claw their way back if they fall to 0 and 2. Whereas with San Diego, I could say, okay, you fell to 0 and 2, but you have what it takes to come back. I don't know if I could say the same about Kansas City. That's okay. just... I mean, do you agree with me or do you disagree with me? I, you know, I I enjoy playing devil's advocate with you. So I am going to disagree. And I'm going to say this benefits San Diego more. And here's why. I mean, I think for, for, a play, for the playoff implications... So let's say, for example, San Diego. I mean, we all know San Diego is going to be in the hunt for oh the, the conference championship and the Ron Newman Cup and, and everything. Yep. And I think a big advantage is going to be that number one seed, like being able to pick who you want to play in the first round, and having, of course, having home yeah. field advantage. So I, I think that. Every game is going to be, now that they're 0-1, I think every game to them is going to be super, super important. And I, I think that, I mean, yeah, going 0-2, they'll still have a, a good chance of making the playoffs. But I, I think that Western Conference is going to come down to maybe one game. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, this, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about in week one, how that game against Turlock could come back and bite him in the butt. Yeah, but, you know, what's here's the thing, though. Okay, you're talking about, you know, the number one seed is important in that Western Conference, but you also have to look at it as Kansas City going 0-2 could be the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. I don't think you can say the same for San Diego. Right. Because because the thing is, I think even if you don't get that number one spot in the Western Conference, if you're San Diego, you have enough talent on that team that you can win your playoff games without being that number one seed. Don't get me wrong. You want that number one seed because of the ability to pick who you want to play, but for a team like San Diego, I don't think that I could say, okay, if you don't get that number one seed, you're not going to win playoff games. Because I think even if they're not that number one seed, they still win playoff games. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it was huge for both teams. I just, I feel like this will help San Diego out more in the long run. And, and they needed to win, especially yeah. on the road, um, to kind of get back some of that confidence um, going forward for the next few games. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that part for sure. Yeah. All right. So the final game is 
was last night. Yep. And Monterey, I, I have to give credit to Monterey. I, I kind of had my doubts about them. But they went out and, and dominated Dallas 14 to 1. I mean, you know, it kind of goes back what I said about Rochester. Right? I said to you, I did not expect them to give up 12 goals a week against Harrisburg. Now, if you look at the game last night, I did not expect Dallas, especially after, you know, playing their first game against Mesquite and only losing by two. I, I would not have if you would have said to me, hey, Dallas is going to lose their game, their next game by 13, even if it is Monterey, I don't think I would have been able to agree with you. So, yes, we're talking about Monterey. They're really good. We all know that. But to me, it was more shocking that Dallas lost by as much as they did. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I actually, I watched part of the first half, actually most of the first half, and Dallas just looked lost. Yeah. Like, beyond lost, and well, there, was a t- there was a time where Monterey scored, and then it was literally like 15 seconds later, Dallas passes it back to the keeper, and Monterey... Uh, Monterey's uh, Brian Aguilar was right there in front of the goalie and I don't know what the goalie was trying to do but the ball like he tried stopping it with his foot it went behind him and I mean it just silly silly mistakes and Monterey capitalized on everything and I mean here's here's the bottom line and we've we've discussed this and it's true of any sport, I don't care if it's basketball, soccer, baseball, whatever. If, if if you're a good team, you're going to be able to capitalize on other team mistakes. And that's exactly what Monterey did. You and I both know, I mean, we both agreed, Dallas isn't going to be a team that everybody is impressed with at the end of the season. We we know things, but to go out and lose by the amount that they did last night, that was really disappointing to me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, no one likes losing by 13 goals. So, I mean, is this a wake-up call for Dallas? I, I hope so. I mean, uh, but I mean, like I said, gotta give all the credit in the world to Monterey for for coming oh. out and just putting their stamp out there. And I think a lot of people were not doubting Monterey, but like, oh, you lost Frank Tyu, you're not going to win as much. I know I was one of those people. I think they're trying I... to, but I, I think they're trying to say, look at, we can still win without them. Well, not only can we win, but we're winning convincingly. Right. I mean, that that's 
To me, that's more of a statement than anything else. We're not only winning, we are winning by a good margin. But, I mean, you have to look at it at the same token. Okay, who have they played? They played Solis de Sonora twice. Yeah. Dallas once. But, here's the thing, here's the thing, right? That first game against Sonora was actually a close game. So, I don't think we can say, well, who they played, because, yeah, okay, they, they handled Sonora that second game pretty well, but that first game, remember, it was only 10-8. to 8. Right, and, and that, that game was held in Sonora and in a small field, and I've always said, I think a smaller field is kind of like an equalizer. I agree with you. That's why so, I... That's, so I don't know, I mean, yeah, they, they went in and they they only won by two goals. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think we should be... We'll, we'll have to revisit Monterey when they play, like, Ontario or San Diego. Yeah, no, I, or, I agree with you. But, I mean, they're uh, out of the gate. They're playing great. And, and well, and they're a team that everybody needs to be afraid of. And, you know, whether or not... Whether or not you have Frank Tyler, it doesn't matter. If you're putting up results the way that you are, then the league needs to be afraid of you because what was the score of the second Sonora game? Do you remember? Uh, hang on. I actually have the scores right here. Uh, 12 to 4. Okay, so you're looking at in three games. Okay, the first game they scored... 10. Second game, they scored 12. So that's 22 in the first two games. Last night, they scored 14. So that is... Uh, yeah, 36. 36. Yeah, they've outscored their opponents 36 to 14. Right. Or 36 I mean, to 13, I'm sorry. That's 36 to 13, yeah. That's an incredible margin. And... Yeah. The, don't get me wrong, when you start playing some of the like the San Diego's and when you start playing the Ontario's, you're, I don't think we're going to see scores like that, but still I mean, the fact that they were able to put up 36 goals in three games if, yeah. I, if I'm there I'm saying Frank who I mean, honestly I, yeah. and, you know, they had, I mean, they had uh, congratulations to uh, uh, Edgar Gonzalez, Miguel Vaca, Damian Garcia, all three of them made uh, team of the week. Yeah. So, I mean, they they put up one heck of a show, and Monterey is, I can't wait to see what, what happens next with Monterey. Well, Monterey is nothing to mess with, but I think it speaks volumes when somebody says, hey, you know, I expect you to win 15 games, and the response is, hey, guess what? We expect to win all of them. Yeah, exactly. So they're, they're proving, proving uh, some of us naysayers a little wrong right now. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, man. Well, here's the thing. Let's get into this week's games, because there's, right. there's a lot of them, and there's a lot of good ones. 
So let's start out with our picks. Now, I, I just want to point this out. I believe I, I won last week in terms of picks. Um, I think, did you go undefeated? Because I only lost one. I, think. Uh, I, lost, I lost Rochester Harrisburg, and that was it. No, I... Well, wait, I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, I think I did go undefeated. I could be wrong. I think you did. I think, I think you did. So, I know I picked Rochester to win over Harrisburg, and that was my only loss. Yeah, yeah, I picked Harrisburg for that game. So, yeah, yeah I think I went undefeated. Yeah. Well, okay. this week, I, I, did my, I did my picks with Hannah, and we agreed on most everything. So yeah, so maybe maybe you and I are going to be in the same boat. All right, maybe so. We'll see. Yeah. So in twelve hours, a little over twelve hours from now is our first game. Yep. Odd as that may be. So Mesquite hosts Monterey. Uh, you know, as much as I love Mesquite, I have to take Monterey right now. They're a well-oiled machine, and I. I don't think that stops. I I agree. Um, I'm picking Monterey as well. Um, Although, I mean, you could look at it from Mesquite played, what, on uh, Saturday? Did they play on Saturday? Yeah. They played on Saturday, and Monterey played on Monday. So, I mean, there's two days rest versus four days rest. But I mean, Monterey is still. I mean, they're. I, I, I think I think it's going to be a close game, but I, I see Monterey winning. I say Monterey wins by three at least. Yeah, I, I would say that would probably be a bet, a good a good bet. Um, so then later, there's two games on Wednesday, two games tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Sonora hosts Dallas. Um. Well, to be honest, I'm. Not so about either one of them, but if I had to pick one, I gotta take Sonora. Okay, uh, I agree. Uh, I think I think Dallas is kind of like trying to search for its identity right now, and and they're going into a, a, an arena where Solace hung tight with Monterey. Yep. So I I think you're gonna see a high scoring game. Um, but I, I see Solace coming out on top. And if we're lucky, we can even order a Happy Meal during the game because they got the McDonald's floor going on in Sonora. So, All right, well. You know, maybe we can eat our Happy Meal with a toy. Hey, I, I'm in. <laughs> I mean, of course, it's of course it's going to be like 11 o'clock at night here, but uh, yeah. yeah, I can do that. All right. So, we're agreeing on those two games. So, then Thursday, we've got the I-4 rivalry part two this year. Um, We've got Orlando hosting Florida. You know, you look at that first game, and it was relatively close. But I got to give it to Florida. Okay. Uh, Once again, you and I agree. Uh, I see, I, I see Florida maybe winning this 
by a bigger margin, maybe two or three goals. Um, and I say Florida. Yeah, by... I mean, with with Florida, I mean, Florida signing Lucio Gonzaga today. I mean, that's that's just adding adding another yeah, I mean, piece to that. I so. Mean... As if you needed anything to get better, but yeah, I mean that's that's absolutely my that's a huge signing, and I think you know, like I said, they they already had guys that could score, but you put Lucio in there, and it's it's looking better and better. I'll tell you that much. Right, and it's gonna as as we all know, it's gonna come down to chemistry for them. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I, mean, I, I say you and I say Florida will win that one as well. So um, yep. let's see. Friday we've got Turlock hosting Tacoma. You know, I, I, I <laughs> we, we were just talking about this on the phone before we did this episode, uh, and somebody said obviously Turlock is better than Tacoma. And I said to you, I said, I don't know if I agree with that. That that being said, I think Turlock wins this game, oddly enough. So you have you have Turlock going three and oh. Yes, I do. Well that makes two of us. I also had Turlock. And yeah. oddly enough, Hannah also picked Turlock. She, I, I gotta give credit to her. She picked Turlock to win their first game against Kansas City. And I don't think anyone saw that coming. So you know, here's, here's the thing. You look, at, you, you look at the game against Kansas City and you could say, okay, you know, they got lucky in overtime. They scored the goal when they needed to. You look at the game against San Diego, they pretty much dominated San Diego. They they pretty much dominated San Diego. And don't get me wrong, it, it's very rare that you can say that a team dominates San Diego, but you watch them play and they just look, San Diego just looked lost during that game. So, and yeah. You really see a Turlock team that they have the chemistry, they have the good players, they have the guys that can make the plays, and when you're looking at a team like Tacoma, who I'm right now I'm not so bad besides Nick Pereira and Danny Walden, I just think that Turlock is going to find a way to just get past Tacoma and I think they're going to make Danny Waltman's life pretty miserable going into that game. Yeah. I I, I think it all comes back to this. I I hate to sound like a broken record, but the size of that field. Yeah. Tacoma, Tacoma is not as used to it. Now, granted, they, they probably played them numerous times on that field and I, I just think with with the level of talent Turlock has right now exactly I, I think I could I could see them 
I won't say easily winning the game, but I could see them no, it, winning by maybe two or three. No, and that that's the point that I was going to make. Yes, Tacoma has gone to Trilogy. Yes, they played on that field before, and they played reasonably well, to be quite honest. But the team in Turlock this year is not the same as the team in Turlock we've seen in, in the previous years. It's just not, it's not the same team. Right. So that's the reason I think Turlock wins this game. It's not because of the field. I think it's because Turlock is that good. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to take anything away from Turlock. They've played amazing soccer the last couple of weeks. And I, I would I would love to see it keep going. I mean, it's a, it's a yeah. great story out there. I I personally, I mean, if, if this keeps going, what's going to happen? Because I think they're already playing in an, an arena where it's super, super packed. But yeah. it's only like 450 people. So... Yeah. Do they switch venues? I mean, I mean how, how are they going to... If, if they go 7-0 and and the word starts spreading, oh my gosh, Trillock's doing really well. We should go watch a game. You can't fit a thousand people in that arena. Well, yeah, and I'll take it one step further, right? So, let's say it's not even 7-0. Let's say we're mid-season and Trillock is in the middle of a playoff race. Then what do you do? Because, yeah. you know, and funny enough, let's just take it one step further. What does Trillac do if they make it to the final? I mean, I'm not saying I think that's going to happen because I don't, but, you know, it's just something to think about. Like, I, I think you bring up a really solid point in the fact that what what do people do if these guys start winning game after game after game they, they can't they can't stay in a place where the maximum capacity is 500 people yeah I agree um, it's kind of funny so I, I'm on Twitter and I noticed I think Turlock had mentioned something about beating San Diego or whatever, and yeah. Juliano Oliviero wrote back to Turlock saying, like, we're on your heels, Turlock, or something like that. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, so what what happens if Turlock is really good? I mean, what's going to happen? I don't think it's a case of what if, to be honest. Do I, do I think they're going to beat the teams like... Okay, they beat San Diego. Do I think they're going to beat Ontario? No. Do I think that they're going to beat San Diego again? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, if I had to say yes or no, I'd probably lean towards the no, but I, I think... They're putting the pieces that need to be put together together. And like you said, if, if this keeps going, you would think that they would have to start looking at other venues because the place they're at now just isn't going to work. 
Yeah, it, you know, it's funny. Um, I did my In the Box uh, video today, and I had someone ask me if Turlock was going to make the playoffs. And I kind of hesitated for a second, and I said, well, let's take a look at the schedule. So if you look at the schedule right now, they play Tacoma, Solace, and I think it was Ontario and San Diego the rest of this year, okay? So, like, let's say they go two and two in those games. Like, they're going to be four and two going right. into 2020. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty good start. The bad news for Turlock is, I mean, the end of their season is against Ontario, and then they have to travel to Florida to play the Seawolves and the Tropics. Now, a Tropics team that is probably going to be really, 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 really good towards the end of the season. Yes. So, I, to, to answer the, the question, I said, I, I don't think so, but, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they put up a good fight. I mean, here's the thing. I, I think... No matter what, it's all, it's already been a few good stories. Like they they won against two marquee teams that nobody thought they were going to win. And, you know, they've already shown that they're better than they were last year. So to me, even if you don't make the playoffs, you're direction. And so even if you don't make the playoffs this year, you start building and building and building for next year. And, and because here's the thing, if they do well, people are not going to mind going to play there. Because they're, they're going to see that, okay, this isn't the same Turlock that we're used to. It might actually be fun to play there. You know? Right. And so I think even if they don't make the playoffs, it's... It, it still can only go up for the Express at this point. Absolutely. And and I I will definitely be watching the games and, and I'll definitely be watching them on uh, whatever day it is. Friday. Is it Friday? Let me just make sure. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, Friday. Friday. Yeah. So I'll be watching them on Friday and rooting them on and then I know it's going to be a great game. So, um, okay, so far we agree on every single game. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be the case for, for everything, but we'll keep going. Uh, Baltimore versus Orlando in Baltimore. Baltimore, definitely. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, I mean, you gotta go Baltimore. It, it's kind of weird how this, this setup for Orlando, they play in Florida in Orlando on Thursday, then they have to fly into Baltimore and play on Saturday. So, I, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't see Baltimore losing that one. They'll have uh, Dos no. Santos back, which, which is a huge piece of that puzzle. So, oh, that's a really big piece of the puzzle. Yeah. So I, I, I say Baltimore wins pretty handily in this one. Agreed. All right. Um, in a rematch of last week, we've got Harrisburg and Rochester playing in Harrisburg. 
you know, I, I'm I'm not sold on Rochester, so I gotta go with Harrisburg. Yeah, Harrisburg played really well at home last season, so I mean, I think I think going and and playing Rochester at home is, is definitely a good thing for them. Um, yeah, I just I hope Rochester wears them out a little bit because um, I'm selfish, but um, I don't. I don't think you'll see a complete blowout like last week. Yeah. No, I I, I, I certainly agree. Cool. Um, so not much to say about that one. Um, yeah. And <clears throat> I think I think this game is going to be my game of the week. Uh, Milwaukee playing Florida in Milwaukee. You know, here's the thing. And you look at you you look at the fact that Florida has added so many people. You look at the fact that they're stacked up and down the roster. But I'm going with Milwaukee simply because Milwaukee plays really well at home. They don't last year they only lost one time at home. And that was to Kansas City. So I think even though, yes, Florida has a really, really talented roster, not taking anything away from them, but I think Milwaukee gets it done. I think in order for Milwaukee to win this game, Ralph is going to have to play well. Um, he's going to have to play really well. Um, but I think our defense is going to get behind Rafa and I think that's going to make his job a lot easier. I think it's a really close game. I wouldn't be surprised if it was one of those games that go down to the last minute or so to figure out who wins. Um, I agree. I have Milwaukee winning this game. Um, Hannah didn't see it that way. Um, but I, I think you're going to see the experience of Milwaukee become a factor. Yeah. I mean, these guys have been around each other for a while, and this is Florida's third game together. Right. So I, I think you're gonna you're gonna see. I mean, you're you're gonna see improvement, but I mean, you're playing Milwaukee, so in well, order, I would say, in order for Florida to win. Hugo Silva is going to have to have a great game. And then you're going to have to see, I think the key is going to be Drew Ruggles and, and that back line for Florida. Can they contain Ian Bennett and Max Ferdinand? If they can, they have a chance to win. But, I mean, if if Ian Bennett scores three goals and Max Ferdinand scores a couple and maybe assists on one or two, then, then Milwaukee's got this game in the bag. You said that game. You said that game is on Saturday, correct? It is. Yeah. What time? Seven oh seven Central. So that would be five. Yeah. The pro- the problem is that I have a game that I'll just be getting over by that time. Um, plus, plus. Campo Verde football is in the championship, so I kind of want to watch that one too. But 
thank God for replays on YouTube because I can just watch the replay. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, here's the other thing that I, I just want to point out too is if, if, um, if Florida for any reason goes on the power play like two or three times, I think that's going to make a big difference because I don't think I don't think that Florida is going to make the mistakes that St. Louis did. You know, I think if if Florida goes on the power play, they're going to be able to score. Um, I yeah. Think- it's it's you know it's it's not just the power play I don't think I think it's set pieces in general like if you give if you give Milwaukee or if, if you give any of these teams like the ability to take a free kick from out in front yeah. of the box I think these these good teams are going to take advantage of it and, and I, I noticed it. I noticed that um, what game was it I. San Diego was great on the the free kicks. Um, I know Utica's pretty good. I I, I just think it's going to come down to stuff like that. So if if Milwaukee's continuously kicking it out of bounds and they're restarting at the top of the box, then they're going to have problems. But I, I, I mean, must I th- happen, but I will say this: judging by the the. You know, based off of what I saw against St. Louis, if Florida can effectively put pressure on on Milwaukee throughout the game, I think they're going to be able to have success against the Wave. Because, as I said, against St. Louis, Milwaukee had a hard time with press really frequently and so I think that excuse me I think that could make a difference I think you know if Florida presses Milwaukee and Milwaukee doesn't know how to deal with it you have talent up and down that roster so if Florida can create turnovers that's going to lead to goals and I can almost guarantee you that yeah I think you're going to see you're going to see whoever makes the least amount of mistakes is going to win that game. Without a doubt. Yep. Alright. So now we've got, I think we've got two more games. Yeah. We've got two more games. We've got Utica versus Harrisburg on Sunday. I I gotta go with you, CF. Okay. Uh, I would be foolish not to pick my team as well, so... I will also pick Utica. I will say this, I think if it wasn't for the fact that they play uh, I believe they played Rochester, right? Yeah, um, the night before. Yep. Yeah, so if it wasn't for the fact that they played before, I think it would be a close game. But, but because of the fact that they played the night before, I think Utica is going to win this game pretty easily. I, I agree. And here's the thing. Harrisburg, Utica slash 
Syracuse has always had Harrisburg's number. Like, over the years, yeah. I think Harrisburg might have won, like, two or three games against Utica slash Syracuse. And right. last year, it was the same thing. Utica went 5-1 and one against Harrisburg. That one loss was in Harrisburg. I, and... I think it's... And I think, I think you're gonna see, you're gonna see more of that uh, Sunday, especially yeah, with yeah, the Peter Harrisburg team. Well, and unfortunately, I think that's what makes the difference is that, you know, Harrisburg isn't going to have the legs to keep up with the high-powered offense of Utica. I, I just don't see it. No, I don't see, I don't see it either. Um. So yeah, I, I think Utica is going to win this one rather, rather handily. Um, so yes, the final I, game. What? What's that? I agree. I I think here's the thing. I I said this from the very beginning. I said I think Utica is a title contender. I think it's going to take Utica. You know, it's going to take a lot to beat Utica. And I just don't, even on a good day, I don't think Harrisburg beats Utica. But I think, you know, it would be closer if Harrisburg had some time off. Right. I I absolutely agree. But, uh, yeah, I I just see that offense being, I mean, plus their defense. I mean, you got to. They've given up three goals in their last two games. Right. So, and one of them was against Baltimore. So, I mean, right there, that yeah. it's, not, it's not just the offense that's showing up, it's also that bad line. Well, and I think people forget, too, Utica, if, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I don't think I am, but Utica has played the most games in the league so far. Um, they are tied with Monterey with three, so they're going to play their fourth game. Right. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, three three goals in the last two games, and I I see I kind of see that happening. I I see Harrisburg not scoring that much. No, I I don't think so. Either, especially against a goalkeeper like Andrew, I I don't think Harrisburg, Harrisburg will be lucky to score maybe two or three if they're like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the final game for week three pits St. Louis against Milwaukee in St. Louis. Uh, you know, it's hard for me because, again, we play Florida on Saturday. So, you know, we, we, well, what day is this? I take that back. What day is this? It's Sunday. It's the next day. Okay, right. So the fact that they play against a high-powered Florida team on Saturday, and then you're traveling to St. Louis, I think that that's going to maybe make Milwaukee a little heavy-legged, but I, I, I still think 
Milwaukee pulls out the win. Um, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than 7-2. I can tell you that right now. Absolutely. Um, so, you and I are going to tie this week in whatever whatever happens. Hey, you know what? That's okay. That just means we're good at what we do. Yeah, so I, I'm taking Milwaukee as well. I mean, I think a key to a good team is depth. And if, if one thing I, I realize is Milwaukee has great depth. And, and I think you'll see that coming in, in this game. Well, so you're, you're not going to see, I mean, I don't think you're going to see a lot from Max Ferdinand, Ian Bennett. You're no, not going to see as much. No, I, I, I think you're going to see a lot from your role players like Luan Solis Oliveira and... You know, I think Marcio is going to play a good game against St. Louis. You know, uh, I you're right. I don't think you're going to see a lot from the IB26 and Max. But, you know, the nice thing, like you just alluded to not too long ago, is that with Milwaukee, you, you don't have to rely on those guys night after night after night. I mean, we got, we have guys that can score from anywhere, you know. And the nice thing is that this this is not a luxury that Milwaukee used to have. Milwaukee did not have depth a few years ago, so the fact that they went and got these players like you know, um, like Luan coming from San Diego has made a huge difference, you know. So, yeah, you're right. I think that plays a big role in that. And I think Milwaukee wins, but I think it's a one-to-two goal game. Yeah, and and the interesting thing is going to be who's going to be in goal. I mean, are you going to stick with Rafa Diaz or are you going to in... Uh, Zabios, or are you going to have Matt Isold? Like right now, Matt Isold's the backup. So, well, who do you? I mean, I, who do you? Who do you go with? If I had to choose, if I was replacing Juliana with head coach for that game, I I give Rafa a rest only because Rafa does get tired quick. So I think you kind of have to, you kind of have to play the two different goalkeepers. But let me ask you this, because this is interesting, and I never thought of this until you just said that. So does Milwaukee play differently against Florida, knowing that they have to go to St. Louis the next day, or do you see them? Go completely all out. Well, I, I think in the in the first game, I mean you're you're playing a you're playing a playoff team. So I, I think you play that game to to kinda like a statement game. Right. Um, and and then I see the St. Louis game as kinda like 
gonna say like a step back but it kind of is it's like all right well we're we're playing st louis we've already beaten them like we just we just beat florida so right right i kind of i kind of see them kind of putting more emphasis on the first game but that might bite them in the butt because they might i mean we saw it with turlock i mean they went in and and took care of san diego so I mean, I mean, it's tough. It is a tough call, and I think so. You asked me. Well, I don't know if you. Well, yeah, you did. Um, what do you think they do as far as the goalkeeper situation? Do you think they play back going into that second day, or do you think Rafa plays? Because I, I would be, I would be. I would be kind of shocked if I saw Rafa play on Sunday too. Yeah, like save and, and this, and I think you're going to see this more and more in the MASL, and we've we've talked about it where two keepers is is going to be used more. I mean, and, and you're going to, I think you're going to, you're going to see that. I, I'm guaranteeing you're going to see that in Harrisburg. Because they play on Saturday and then they come right back on Sunday. Yeah. So you're going to see um, Banahaney and and Molina. So yeah. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if if Eisold got the start uh, in St. Louis. Which is interesting because fans in Milwaukee never get to see him play. So that would be... yeah, and now he gets to play on the road. <laughs> Well, hey man, you know it, it kind of it kind of makes the picks kind of you know. Hey, at least we think we know what we're doing. I'm not worried about winning or losing because we know that if all are right, it ends in a tie, and if they lose, so yeah, exactly. But I mean, hey, this 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 week looks looks pretty good. Yeah, it's it's definitely. I don't think there's going to be many plot twists. I think the schedule seems pretty cut and dry, but as we've all learned in this league, that's not always the case. Exactly. Uh, but hey, man, it's been fun. If if we get ten, we'll do another episode. And thanks as usual for joining me. Absolutely. Hey, we should mention um, what I'm going to do tomorrow is I'm going to put up the fantasy soccer, our our picks. Well, for. okay. Since you wanted to go there, I don't have them. I don't have them with me because actually they're on my work. work computer. So right, right. But let's just let's just point out. For the lovely listeners out there, who's been dominating in fantasy? Here's the thing. Here's here's the thing. So, Tavoy Morgan didn't even play (laughs) against Rochester. No, yeah, I know. I know. And then and then Juan Gamboa didn't play. yesterday. So, so it it was it was a tough week for me. I, I and last week 
And last week I got twelve points out of William Vanzella. So you got you got a lot of points out of William Vanzella that week. So it, it was it was not a not a good but, week for us. But, but like I told you, I, I I'm not convinced about this this week's lineup. I'm really not. I it's it's a lineup that I, it was kind of a gut feeling for and. I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to work out, but that's that's the fun of it, you know? And if it works, right. great, if it doesn't work, oh, well, you know, at least you got one week. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I, I, will, I will definitely do this again, as always, and thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. No problem. Anytime. We'll talk soon. All right. Take it easy, buddy. All right. Later. See ya.